Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And this week we are reading uh, Mitch Album. Uh, we, we did kind of pronounce that right last week. Yes, um, I was having a bit of a freak paranoid. out moment thinking, oh no, maybe it's not pronounced. But my Australian way of saying album kind of sounds like the American album. I don't know. I, I'm guessing. Anyway, that's how you pronounce it. And he wrote The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Um good book it's pretty nice i quite liked it i don't know it's, Victoria, it's, it's like it's light reading it's like yeah it's it is, good it's, it's an light easy reading, reading. reading yes it's, it's a under, light, the, easy under the guise of very heavy reading actually because my friends came across me reading this and thought i was reading some like super super heavy religious you, book and yeah I, I was gonna say victoria do you want to talk about it but but no <laughs> <laughs> she's shaking her head at me um, do you want me to, to, it, to yeah. Kiara? Plot? Summary, Luke, summary. Okay, quick summary. plot summary. All right, quick summary. So this book is about a fellow named Eddie who, uh, for most of his life, has been a maintenance worker at a pier called Ruby Pier. And when I say pier, I mean is in the amusement park style pier. Like the Santa Monica Pier Yeah, kind of California. fun, you know, old school amusement park kind of thing you find in the United States. Um and he's been in that job for most of his life. Uh, he is a veteran from the Second World War. Uh, he served in the Philippines, came back, and um, basically spent the rest of his life here uh, with an intermediate, intermediate taxi job in between. But we'll get to that. Um, and due to a tragic accident at the amusement park, he is killed attempting to try and save a young girl um, when there's failure in one of the rides. Uh, and he basically wakes up of sorts uh, and goes on this journey where he meets five people um, after his death who basically explain to him certain aspects of his life and lessons to learn from uh, from that life. Uh, and so the people that he meets are, spoiler alert, uh, firstly, uh, one of the carnival freaks. Uh, I prefer a different word, but that's the word that that exists. Oddities, spectacles. Um, yeah. Curious citizens is what they're called in the they're book, They're called actually. the curious citizens, yes. It's mm, quite horrible, actually, quite... actually. Yeah, it's a 19... it was the 1920s and there was no... You know... It's from his childhood, yeah. Yeah, it's a... yeah. so he... the first man he meets is from his, child... from his very early childhood and he was a Polish immigrant who had, you know... The son of a Polish Polish immigrant who had a lot of who had who struggled with anxiety, uh, um, you know anxiety, and so the prescribed treatment at the time was silver nit- was to take silver nitrate, which is a poison, highly um, poisonous, highly poisonous substance. Do not try that at home. Um, there are much better anti-anxiety medications nowadays, and they and he took so much of it that his skin was permanently stained a silver blue color so that's why he was in the curious citizens mm. sideshow um and so he i guess we'll just try i'll try and run through it mm. in in a minute challenge challenge minute okay. yeah go 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 uh the second person he meets is his captain from the second world war um and about how he uh died they were in a uh, uh they were taken prisoner and um, there's a moment where once they're finally set free from this prison, they escape themselves. Uh, 
they decide to take to the, the village around them, which had been abandoned uh, with flamethrowers. Uh, and Eddie sees what he thinks is a child in one of the burning huts. And so he goes in there and tries his captain to tries, to, tries to save them, but is going to kill himself in the process. So his captain shoots him in the leg, which Eddie doesn't realize until, he die, until he's dead. Um, and then pulls him out and uh, they attempt to find a hospital. And on the way, uh, the captain is killed by a landmine, which Eddie never realizes because he's basically unconscious from the wound. The third person that he meets is... Who is the third person? Ruby. Ruby. Uh, who Ruby Pier is named after. Uh, and you discover there... I don't know. what I've kind of forgotten what happens in there, Kiara. What? Um, so he meets, he meets Ruby and Ruby married... Um, Edmund, I think his name was, and Edmund Emile, Emile, sorry, Emile, Emile yeah. was something to start with. He married Emile, and Emile, who was a well, who was a well-off businessman, built the pier. Mm. Um, built uh, built the pier in in honor of her, which then was which then caught fire um, at one point in its history in the fifties. And um, Emile, and in a, you know, trying to save the pier, Emile had a burning column collapse on him and injured him very severely, and so. Um, the way she's connected to Eddie is that Emil Emil was in hospital at the same time his father mm. was when he was dying when his father was dying of pneumonia and his and she witnessed her his father's last moments, um, and so um, she tells Eddie how how his father died. Who, um, mind you, his Eddie had always had this certain hatred for his father because he was an alcoholic. He used to beat him. Um, he was very distant. Yeah, he was ne- a very distant father. Yeah, yeah. three sins father. were neglect, violence, and silence. Yeah, yes, yeah. as the book summarizes. Was, um, very and, problematic relationship. Yes, and Ruby sort of helps him come to a place where he can forgive his father and, mm. you know, um, forgive his father and let go of all the hurt, all the hurt. I think that was the lesson was about forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. And then the fourth person is Marguerite, his wife. His wife. Yes, uh, his wife, you get the impression that she died somewhat young. Um, because, which she did. Which she did. She died at 47. Um, after two incidents, I mean, ultimately from, from a brain cancer, uh, from a tumour on the brain. And uh, But initially, um, their life, I guess, is strained by two things. Uh, one is the fact that they can't bear children. Um, Eddie's post-traumatic stress from the war as well. Yes, yes. Um, they have a very difficult relationship. Um, but also because uh, on one of Eddie's birthdays, he goes to the races and basically uh, wins a whole heap of money uh, and then tells his wife. And his wife's not particularly impressed by him taking these risks. So then he proceeds to blow all the money. Um, and his wife tries to go to the races to, to get him because she's a little bit upset about how she reacted to it. Uh, and is involved in a car crash on the way, which she has a very slow recovery from, and then once has recovered, is taken by the brain cancer. Um, and yeah, in that, I guess there's a, I guess there's a, reconciling is not quite the right word because there's nothing really to be reconciled. No, but, but they were, at, but it was an opportunity. It was a healing for, it was sort of an opportunity for Eddie to say all the things he needed. He couldn't say to her when he was alive, so. Um, and to have that, or have the time that he missed with her, mm, if yeah. that makes sense. That yeah, yeah. 
and um, yeah, so it's not quite clear what the lesson from Marguerite is. Although we'll get we'll get onto the lessons. Yeah, I, I can see Victoria scribbling down stuff that looks like lessons. I think. Um, that, and then the last person he meets is, is the little girl. Is the, the child th- from the seemingly abandoned town, uh, the hut that um, that Eddie set on fire, um, and then attempted to save. He didn't know if there was a child in there, but of course now he knows that there is a child, and the child reveals to him. Girl. The little girl reveals to him um, that ultimately the rest of his life, which he'd struggled with so much because he'd got stuck in this job on the pier, which was his father's job, and he'd ultimately blamed it on his bad leg from when his captain shot him um, in the Second World War, his, I guess, stress from after the war, living in the shadow of his father and being, I guess, constrained by the abuse that his father gave to him, both physically, emotionally, and, uh, I guess, psychologically. Um, and yeah, just all of these things that had been on his life, but ultimately she reveals to him that the reason why he was stuck in that maintenance job at the pier is in a sense, it doesn't use this word, but I'm going to use this word as a sort of penance, um, for him killing that child that the rest of his life was devoted unknowingly to him to rescuing children, to keeping children safe at the amusement park. So he's continually surrounded by children. And he liked them, um, but I guess he never really thought about that, that that was his job. And he sees all these children uh, and grown-ups that he had, I guess, saved from potential accidents throughout his very long-spanning career as the head maintenance man at Ruby Pier. And basically, that's where it ends. That's the five people he meets. And then he basically comes to this sort of home with God. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's not quite clear, but... I'm going to get to why I think the book is probably got a slight... The title is a slight misnomer in that sense, if you're familiar with the Catholic understanding of the afterlife. <laughs> um, but we shall get to that in a minute. We'll and Yeah, to- and basically I think the last thing in the book is... the last. What's the last thing in the book? Um... You, see, you know, it's set back on Earth and, you know, it's set, it's set back in real life and it's um, the epilogue is, you know, what happened after Eddie died. You know, the park was reopened after three days and all his, you know, all you know, all his worldly affairs were sort of taken care of. Everything kind of just moves on. Yeah, yeah. Life, life moved on because, you know, life moved on. Um... Yeah, and I think... Yeah, that's basically, that's basically it. And that it's him, then Eddie then proceeds to wait at Ruby... At the sort of not really Ruby Pier, Ruby Pier, to presumably meet... Other people who make the same journey. To presumably meet poor old Nicky. Nicky, the young man who caused... Who didn't realise he caused the accident. Uh-huh. That's something that oh. I figured throughout the whole book was... I thought that was how it was going to end. Was that it was going to be like, then Nicky comes along and he's like, Hey, Nicky. You killed me. Remember that time you lost your key? <laughs> well, because there's a... There's, the incident is caused by him losing a key and it falling into... Uh, onto a cable or yeah. into a... Um, some sort of mechanical thing. Anyway, this poor young man who thinks that he's walked away losing a key but ends up actually killing someone but of course doesn't realize it um oh and of course he saved uh the the girl that he tried to rescue he didn't know this the whole time uh eddie didn't know if he saved the girl uh at the amusement park that he was attempting to save which he lost his life in the process he saved her which i guess is the ultimate penance really for Mm. for what he'd done he died in the process of saving a child um so yeah i guess the first thing that i would want to talk about i don't know 
um, is I've got these headphones on, but I don't know why I have them on. I guess it makes <laughs> me feel like I'm on the radio if I have headphones on, but it's not really necessary. Um, is the lessons. I quite liked the lessons. Um, each of the people in uh, that he meets, the five people, have a lesson for him. And we kind of looked at bits and pieces of them. Um, but the five lessons, which which you sort of have down here... Oh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, that all people are interconnected in a certain way. All our lives are intertwined. And it's very hard to kind of tear them away. Mm. And that um, you shouldn't try to, because that's not what life is. Mm. Um, which, this, was, which was a lesson from the blue man. The blue man um, gave, that, gave that lesson. The second lesson was sacrifice, which was what his captain had taught him. Um, because of, I guess, the sacrifice that the captain gave for him uh, in attempting to find the hospital and trot on the landmine in the process. Forgiveness uh, was the third one, which was with Ruby. Although there was no forgiveness needed with Ruby, the forgiveness was required with his father. Um, The fourth lesson, which Kiara and I thought was quite vague, but we seem to think was the transcendence of love mm. uh, that love that a love that a person has for another person is something that goes beyond the bounds of space and time uh, and the final lesson was basically what I just said which was that his life basically served as uh, an atonement in a sense for his murder of the child during during the war um, yeah I don't know Victoria Chiara I'm going to start I'm going to start right at the bat with the point I alluded to earlier that the title of this book is actually a real misnomer and the reason and the reason why I say it's a misnomer is because the you know he starts off you know he st- you know he, the blue man sort of explains to him you know what heaven's all about you know he's tell and you know he tells him you know you're going to meet five people and like well why am I going to meet five people can't I kind of sort of settle down and get on with things like no 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 in order to be in heaven and to have peace you need to understand your life and you know you need to make peace with your life on earth before you can settle into the peace of heaven and i'm like well okay so that's not really heaven at all that's purgatory because you should already he he goes one he goes one step further and he's i i'll be paraphrasing it but it's said almost by every single person that heaven is making peace with your yesterday and i'm like if that's all yeah, All right. Okay. Gonna, like I'll, you got to make some peace with some, with, gonna, with what you've lived through, but that shouldn't be heaven. I was going to say I was yeah. going to save this for the end because I wanted to touch on what I liked about the book well, first. You can, you can put than, a little post-it note. Okay, I'll put a post-it, well, post-it note, note next it, to yeah. Zoidberg here. Um, <laughs> I've got a post-it note of Zoidberg here in the studio called Zoidberg. Whoop, whoop, um, whoop, whoop. I'll put it directly on the computer screen. I was talking about a I mental put an or figurative like, um, post-it note, but you're actually going there. I'm putting so the post-it okay. note. I'm going to put it on the microphone. Oh, there uh, it's not going to work. Um, but you all heard that, so you know that this is a very this is a very physical experience. <laughs> Tactile experience. Radio. It doesn't need to all be ones and zeros in audio. All right. <laughs> so. Um, what did we like? There was a lot of things to like about this. A few um, things. One um, thing that it got... Not even things to like, but things that are correct, mm. I think, are important as well. For instance, the captain. When uh, Eddie gets to the captain, he says, Oh, you've been waiting all this time for me. And the captain says, Time isn't what you think it is. Or time's not how mm. you've experienced it. So, number one thing they got right. There's no such thing as time anymore. It could be a day. Heaven, be- heaven is outside of Time. time. Um, the other thing too I think they got correctly is the way that space exists as well. It exists in the sense of it's how people how the 
people remembered it as opposed to you know, like you know, and all and the space. Our listeners cha- may need some clarification. Okay, so, heaven, so heaven. I think I need some clarification. Heaven is outside. Heaven is outside of space and time. So, how do you explain that in a? How do you portray that in a book? Well, you have this. Well, you oh, this transient this, nature the, of know, space and time. Yeah. Uh, where Where are we going with this? I'm, Sorry, just, saying, I'm, just, saying, I'm just saying it's one of the one of the things they kind of one of the things they did. Re- it, the book did reasonably well was try and communicate the sense that. Space is not is not fixed, just like time is not fixed, I and think, space doesn't pass. I think what needs to kind of be it's, clarified here, we this this book this book does probably doesn't require this because it does not intend on being a, a treatise. No, it doesn't, no, and we've got like we should this. have probably put that from the beginning. It's it's not like it's it's a, it's a nice story. book. It's a story um, and from which so we're meant to you know gather a bit of meaning and reflect <laughs> upon our lives and then move along. It's not meant to be like the foundation of a new religion or anything. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Albinism. Um, don't get ideas. Albinism. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> but what I think, um, I think needs to be needs to be emphasised though is that there's a difference between our state after we immediately die and the resurrection. Um, I don't think I need to need to go into that in great detail because because we only have thirteen. Look up the catechism. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, there's not much we can say because we just don't know. It's so outside of our experience. I mean, the resurrection, we can have some vague kind of idea because we would have, we would be in the current, to a certain extent, existence that we have now that is both body and soul. <laughs> What's the word? I was going to say united, but that's not quite correct. Anyway. Communion? Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're, we're the single we're... substance of body and soul. Um, whereas the existence between our death and the last judgment um, is not really something that we can really dis- talk about because w- our, we rely on our bodies uh, in this current existence in order to understand. And so it can't really be talked about because we don't really know. I mean, the saints exist. But other than... We do have some kind of existence, but we have no idea what the he- what the heck's going on there. So yeah, we'll find out when we get there. Exactly. Mm. But, I mean, yeah... Um, so I guess one of the things that I, I don't... What were we talking about again? We were talking about things that the book got right and yeah. space and time and its representation... I think was reasonable, was really, was good. You got and, the sense and that And the these... fact that they weren't... The people that they met were often at the highest point of their life. Yeah. Like, I mean, they kept changing to different points in their lives, but their mm. appearance wasn't like as they died. Um, it was kind of like this sense of that m- me as a person is not dependent on a particular point in time. I'm not a different person to what I was 10 years ago. For example, that post-it note keeps falling down. I need to remember. <laughs> um, the other thing that I liked about it, and I don't know if you got this from it as well, but the lessons I thought were quite good. The lessons were I good. Mean, they could be shaved yeah. back a little bit, a little cut punch of rough edges, but for a book that is not like a Christian book mm. in, in, in any real and it's not sense, pre- it's not it was preachy. pretty... Yeah, it it wasn't too preachy. Like, I mean, I I do I didn't enjoy it as much as I have enjoy as much as I enjoy other books because I, I I found I found this book in some ways a little bit too overt. But in some but a lot of but for a lot of people, so it wouldn't be over. I don't know. I have this, I have a weird relationship was, with books right. like this. I thought it was right. Yeah, for its, yeah. For what it intended. Yeah, and I don't know. I've just it, this wouldn't normally be a book that I would be inclined to pick up. I think the title was a bit of a turn off for me, to be <laughs> honest. Um, You're not in the, the reason I wanted to read it. I remember because Luke first showed me this book. 
a few months ago at the beach, and I was thinking, and I thought he'd read it, so I asked, who are the five people you meet in heaven? And, well, he didn't know. Um, <laughs> and so he suggested that one day we do this, which we're doing now. And so I thought, because I thought, potent- like, potentially this was written by a Catholic, maybe, and um, maybe it's talking about, like, you know... I don't even know what I thought it was going to talk about, but it's definitely not what I thought. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. Um, um, yeah, so I... And then... And then the other thing, to, the... I mean, there's lots of interesting sort of literary techniques too, as well, like the back and forth, the, the, birth, the birthday thing that really irritated Victoria. After I kind a while. of, I just lost it after a while. I did not. That did not. Like, I didn't get any. Was it the italics? Like, I didn't have any problem with the birthday thing. At no, all. the the problem was, and I've I've had time to reflect on it, but it was the deli- like the delineation of the plot, and um, I suppose the lessons and stuff like that. So it was very similar in terms of um. Actually, the th- what I can relate it most to in terms of frustration in reading is actually when I was reading Rome Sweet Home by Scott Hahn and Kimberly Hahn. You are not about to bag that book out. No, I'm not, go- I'm not going to bag it out because <laughs> I very much enjoyed that book. But the problem was um, that you would read Scott's like kind of positive, you know, falling in love with the faith. And then you would read Kimberly's, which was the same part in time. But, you know, unfortunately how the chips were like felt she wasn't as in love with the church so i'd be on this massive high and then it would go to kimberly scott kimberly scott kimberly and anyway kimberly Hahn, i'm a really big fan of you <laughs> just putting it out there she has um, a credio card by the way does she really <laughs> she that's does. awesome no no and i really enjoyed the book and it was necessary to understand both perspectives but the way but it was, that it was particularly but, struct- the, but the, the way it was structured anyway i understand why the book was structured this way um in that it's important. It, it, it goes back to the first lesson, the interconnectedness of life. You can't look at one single spot in time and space and say, that's it. No, it's related to this and it's got to do with this. And meaning and understanding builds chronologically, um, as we would think it. But when you're outside of that, I suppose it's it, it, it's it, like it, a that, that's blanket, true. like a... Like it's interconnected. Yeah, it's it's back and it, forth. You know, it's a it's a net. You know, it's a net, and it really is a net in the sense that it goes. You know, it covers everything and everyone, and everyone's connected by by, by touching the touching the net. Yeah, and well, I suppose it taught me a little bit about myself because you know sometimes I think it would be great to know everything, but this book showed me that I've, I'm not even ready to hear about a, a, a you know a point in time in this character's life from a few years ago because I want to stay in the moment because especially when they were talking about Marguerite. Cause she really interests me. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit of an insight in terms I of dealing with time and space <laughs> in text and your life. Um, there you go. I also think that it was really lovely showing the relationship between Eddie and Marguerite as yeah. well. That was, that was beautiful. A, it was a really beautiful love story. Despite Eddie's faults and despite his his injuries, his emotional injuries that, you know, kind of put a... Um, really put a barrier between him and Marguerite, they still made it work. And there it was still that, se- that that real sense of agape. And mm, the yeah. what, was, what was really good was, although it emphasised their, their relationship when they were young, it didn't kind of... like there can, I guess there can be a temptation. Um, I don't know when this book was written, like the 1990s, I think. Um, but the, there can be this temptation... To, th- to kind of think of love as being like there's this kind of massive explosion at the start of love that you've got that, you know, the, the 2003, there we go, 
that you have the the man and the woman. They're just so in love with each other. They just have everything going. And that in a kind of secular view, it can go one of two ways. That it's either meant to be this complete explosion of love and that explosion is just meant to keep on going the whole time in exactly the same way. Or for the kind of more realist, uh, I guess, who doesn't think, man, it's not going to be like that forever, that basically it's just running on the steam of that explosion at the start. Mm. That that love, you've basically just got to keep on remembering that. Man, you know, I was really in love with her, so I better stick with this. Um, No, it's not either of those things. That love changes. Um, Do you mind if I bring up that thing that your parents say? Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, Kara's parents parents have this thing. It just came to me. It's really good. But they talk about how they keep on... um, They've had several marriages with each other. Uh, I think my dad gave a talk entitled the five, uh, five um, I've been the five women I've been married to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but it's like yeah, it's, the, it's purposeful. The, to the, five, <laughs> the five people you meet in heaven. That's great. No, 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 sorry, I take that back. I think that's what he the original title of the text of the of the talk was, and then Mum made him change it to um, I've been married five times to the same woman. <laughs> Good work. Yeah, Mom. which was because you know Mum was Mum was like going, oh, people are gonna. Totally misinterpret that as because I think he's giving a talk at a men's conference or whatever. Is you know the five women I'm married to, and they're like, <laughs> what's and I'm thinking like, um, so, sweetheart, you're not married to five women at once. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, I didn't think of it that way. And but like, the whole like, the whole point of it, I think, is <laughs> is talking about how m- marriages evolve. Like how I said that People I'm not the same the person that I was ten. I am the same person that I was ten years ago, but I'm different. Yeah. You grow, you mature, you change in certain ways, but you're the same person. And it's the same thing in a marriage that people, you have, they talk about, you know, they had the, the just going out, mar- oh, not just going out, the just, the newlyweds marriage, and then the um, having their first child, the one who's in the room with us, yes. marriage, <laughs> and, then the, um, and then consecutive, I guess, marriages after that, stages of marriage, that it's not running on the steam, nor is it just their you know, goo-goo-ga-ga kind of love for each other um, perpetually. Yeah. It's love is dynamic. And that's what I quite liked about this book with the Marguerite thing is that their marriage went through very rocky periods that he struggled with the war. They couldn't have children. She was in a car accident. She eventually died. And he, although this is not like Catholic, Catholic teaching kind of emphasis here you can get remarried after someone dies but he didn't want to didn't want to that she was the one person in his life that he was married to and that he would continue that love for her even in death which is quite good loyalty yeah it was the loyalty was the third it wasn't forgiveness it was loyalty loyalty. no it was both it It was was both both. okay Okay. to make up for the the fact that Marguerite didn't have a lesson there were two in number three (laughs) (laughs) she did have a lesson it was love the lesson that we're just talking about right now Um, I thought that was quite fantastic it was a good it was a good little view of love and you can tell that this album has you know know what this that that love story reminded me of was the love story in Up (laughs) no no and I'm not kidding like if Uh, you Up keeps coming up no no no, I'm not kidding it's like you if you the parallels between Up and this book, and between particularly between Eddie and Carl, are unbelievable. There you go. Like you've got it. You if you know if you want to get a sense of like that's actually you know 
the way Carl looks, I mean, maybe he, you know, is the way I imagined Eddie to look, as a matter of fact. Oh, he's a real person, is he? In the in the back of the book, there's this it's great semi-based picture of like of um, like what's his name, Mitchell Mitch Boom's um, uncle, who was the real Eddie. He says. Ah. Um, so I'd say he was a maintenance worker at an amusement park, and he decided to make a make a book about. Okay. Not his life, obviously. I, I didn't but, read. I didn't like, read. But I, I yeah. finished this book at quarter to twelve last night. It's in the and by the way, section. when Eddie said to Marguerite that could you could you because she because you know she appeared to in heaven you know when she, you know the same way that she looked when she was younger and you know they were just you know mm, when yeah. they first met and he says can I see you could I see can I see you just you know when you're older and she's like oh really I wasn't so beautiful then and he's like and he just said I think I thought you were beautiful and then and then I because I, I, I was really overtired last night so I lost and just burst into tears I'm like that's such a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah. that's what every woman wants to so hear it's gentlemen quite, it's, <laughs> there you just go. pointing that out <laughs> dating advice from Catholics read yeah um and so yeah I mean Sorry for the spoilers, Victoria, because she's so many bound to happen. That's what I get for not finishing it. <laughs> so I have this post-it note that kept falling off. Yes, and now we're ready to deal so with that. So now, we're, now we're ready to deal with that. Okay. So my my major, I guess, issue, which doesn't it doesn't affect the story itself. Book's fine, story's fine. The only thing is like a um I guess a it's an indication of a line of thinking that might be in our culture. That I would like to point out. So it's not a problem with the book. And that is that it kind of seemed like heaven was a postscript to life. Did you get that impression? That it's like life is life is what really happens, and that heaven is like the okay, let's clear that up, and yeah. Everything kind of goes back it to It was almost like a symposium. So for instance, any any HSE students have been dragged along to the Hamlet Symposium that's been in Sydney. You see parts of Hamlet and then someone comes on the stage and says, this means this. This was done for this reason. That's really, yeah. So it's, yeah, I unfortunately similar. never got dragged to one of those. I didn't get dragged. I went as a teacher. Good for you. I was yeah. the only one that was interested. <laughs> Good for you. Um, but I guess like that was teacher. my, I guess I used the word postscript because it kind of felt like this part was kind of like an, an, an epilogue to his life. That his life was like the really real. I, I use that term really real because we kept using it in philosophy to describe like, Plato and what <laughs> different really philosophers real. believe is the really real. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very technical life, term. Yeah, very technical yeah. philosophical term. That life is the is the really real and that heaven is basically just uh, a kind of like... You, you were made for the X-Men of yous that are in your life and that heaven is kind of like a bit of a rest afterwards, you know. The problem that I have with that from, from a Catholic perspective is that it takes the emphasis off that we are made for communion with God. That's what we're ultimately made for. Now, that doesn't mean we're not like angels or anything like that. We're meant Ew. to go through this life. <laughs> we're, meant to, we're meant to go through this life. And it's in this life that I guess we learn things like how to love uh, and... Sacrifice and sacrifice. penance. And that we are meant to experience this through our through our sensory being, through our body, um, through our body that we have, and that is good, and that we will get back at the end of at the end of time. 
In case, in, the any, in case of any of you were thinking your body is a dirty, useless meat sack that has no place in heaven, think again. <laughs> it's it's going to be there, and it may possibly have the wounds. I mean, our Lord has his wounds. So, this all means something. Um, but see, this is, this is where I think was the main kind of difference between the Catholic perspective and the, I guess... Perspective I in the book. The, the Albumian perspective. I'm gonna <laughs> um, and that was that... For Catholics and for Christians, presumably, uh, for most Christians, our existence here on earth is a preparation for our existence in heaven. Now, that doesn't mean that we, like, gain things here on earth that we then... But it's meant to be... Our ultimate focus is meant to be on communion with God. Here, it seems like the ultimate focus was your life. And that everything afterwards... God seemed really distant. Mm. Even right at the end, at the final moment, God seemed really, really distant in this. Yeah. It seemed very much like a kind of deist uh, watchmaker kind of view of God, that he's up there and he wants you, like, he's kind of created you sort of, how would I put it, like, not out of love, just out of, like... Disinterested, this, this kind of, disinterested that, again, observation. Yeah, yeah, this kind of deist perspective of he just made you just because... And that is not the Christian perspective. I mean, our, Christ would not have come if that was the situation. The situation is, is that we were made for heaven. We were made to be with him. We were made because God loves. And that love is so great that we exist. Yeah. That's how great his love is, that it cannot be just something that exists within himself forever. Even though it quite, quite possibly, because he's infinite and there's nothing that can be added to him, yet we exist. And so we are captured and taken up in this love story that is God, and that that is why our existence here on earth is meant to be a focus on that communion with God. That, yeah, I, I could go on about this forever, but we're um, we're very much running out of time. And I, I suppose, and that's why I think the title, and that's again, that kind of leads to the point of why I think the title is a misnomer, because in reality, they're not actually. He's not actually talking about heaven. He's actually talking about purgatory. Purgatory is that. Or a sense of purgatory. That's a, a, sen- a, a, a concept of purgatory, and mm. one of the one of the you know because you know everyone will always wonder well what what happens in purgatory, and one of the most interesting I think, explanations that I've heard of what purgatory might be like is that you relive your life, but with the full knowledge of the impact that your sins have both on other people and on God. Mm. And you are fully aware of what... That would be what... really painful. I can understand that. Would be re- that yeah. It would be really painful. And that's kind of what's going on here, is he's reliving parts of his life. He's reliving... His, you know, it's, not, it's not quite that... It's, it, there's a taster of that idea in this book, but it's not quite li- fully sort of explored um, in the sense that he is reliving parts of his life, moments where, you know, parts of his life, and seeing how his actions impacted on other people mm. um ultimately each of these people each of the people in this book die because of him. no ruby doesn't no most of the people most of the people in the book die because of him yeah marguerite not quite i mean she's in the car crash because of him but no i mean in some in, in some in some way those deaths are very intimately connected yeah. to the action to the actions that eddie took mm. Mm. um so that's so in a way that is that you know you you have purgatory is about having that knowledge and having that eternal perspective 
to suddenly understand your actions, and then you can ato- and then you can make it right. Mm. You can mm. f- find a way to atone for it. You can name it. You can um, ask for forgiveness. You can you know do you can take full responsibility, and then you can let go- let it go and move on and move on to the next step. Like that's what, and you know, and that's what, and that's what, that's what I think. I think it was Thomas Aquinas who kind of sort of meditated and sort of wrote that understanding of what the process of purgatory is all about because it's only sure when you wrote about purgatory i maybe what was it was one of those other the whole summa the and no purgatory <laughs> i'm sure no. please luke <laughs> you didn't finish it okay he yeah, was yeah, getting there i'm just trying to think now. i mean i haven't read the whole thing of course but <laughs> no um, it might that. be it might be like saint gertrude or someone like yeah that. i'm not quite sure who it was one of the i think it was a doctor of the church though i'm okay. pretty sure it was a doctor of the church who sort of I, yeah, I'm not sure if they wrote, uh, wrote it down or someone is quoting them in a discussion of some description. It's just got passed down. Um, so you see that idea, that a kernel of that idea in this book, but it's not actually heaven. It's just purgatory. Just putting it out there, it's in the appendix, which means it's not the part that he wrote. So <laughs> Okay. Or that he wrote directly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really... So uh, that's one of the reasons why I did like that book, be- why I did like this book, because if only... I suppose the only reason... I suppose the reason they named it The Five People You're Likely to Meet in Heaven because the five people you meet in purgatory don't quite have the same ring to it, I suppose. <laughs> or have totally different... It just depends on your idea of heaven and stuff like that. I, something we haven't really touched on is the fact that each person gets to choose their own heaven and it seems quite separate from every other person to ever exist. Yeah, yeah, you know where else I've seen that? The TV show Supernatural. Oh, is that how... Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, when they start getting it... Sorry, I, I, I love... Well, I, I watch Supernatural pure, almost purely from a comedic perspective on how... Basically, how, how weird can you make theology is Supernatural, <laughs> essentially. Well, it's a very egocentric way of looking at things. I mean... I, if you think about it, most people, not most people in our society, some people in society think life is all about them. So extending that, why wouldn't heaven be all about them? Everything they want, apart from everyone else. And, but again, an, I, an but again I think it's related, to, it's related to the idea of God as a distant watchmaker. Well, it says you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Because if, there's no, if heaven is not about communion, it's about the place, I say in inverted, gommas, say in inverted commas, that you go to to spend the rest of your existence and it's the place where you were most where you were at your peak of your humanity in a way that's you know your idea of what you're you're the peak of your humanness and your completeness and your you Mm. know the the time you you were the best version of yourself that's the place that you go to yeah, for eternity. That's like it, my idea of hell. Yeah, exactly. So you know, that's that's why I think it's a bit. That's but it's related to the idea of God as a distance watchmaker. Yeah, because yeah. if heaven is not about communion, well, then you're of course you're going to go to a nice place where everything's just so. But never, Albon never quite commits. I think about the this kind of. I guess it's because, I mean, at the end of the day, Albon's not trying to be writing preachy. this in a kind of like late twentieth century, early twenty first century. Um, I guess popular writing sort of context where it's it's sort of popular thought and popular thought can't quite make up its mind whether it's individualist like it's got this sort of hyper individualism but at the same time other people are nice (laughs) other people are nice I like other people they're quite nice what was interesting and so I think it kind of sits between (laughs) those two things and I don't mean that I don't mean that as an insult to to Mitch Albom I just think that it's a quite quite very well articulated 
I can see Luke's face. You guys can't. <laughs> a well-articulated representation there... of a heaven under the main kind of philosophy of today. If, if, you, if, you, if you went to the streets with a microphone and asked people, I reckon you would get some version of this. Some version of this. So... Yeah, so yeah. it's quite good in, in, in replicating that. I do think yes. I do think though there was a key dif- there was a key difference depending on the cultural background of the people because you notice when you've got to the final to the little to the little Filipino mm, girl Tava, yeah. there were other people in her heaven. Yeah, and if you look at Ruby, Ruby, Ruby does as well. Ruby has other people in her heaven. And Marguerite, Marguerite. Well, but Marguerite's not in those spaces. Yeah, if that that's sense. she's sort she's, of like a. Doctor Who. Idea. I know his name is not Doctor Who, but she's like the Doctor, okay? Yeah, she's kind like of the going, between... going between weddings. <laughs> I like I should specify that. Um, we know our audience. <laughs> we know you're going to know. Um, you know, yeah, yeah she, but she's, you know, just going between different, wedding, different weddings from yeah, all whereas over the place. Um, yeah, Ruby is intimately kind of connected with the people in her diner that are in her yeah, heaven. And well, I don't really know about the last person, but, uh, but I'll take your word um, for it. But Tala had people in her, in her heaven. And there were other children. And there were, you know, oh, others, you know, all that sort of thing. And so, and I think that goes back to... Because um, you know the Filip- the Filipino culture has such an emphasis on family and such an emphasis on community life that I think in a sense in the in the West we've kind of lost quite a bit because we've been all about the individual for so long and I don't know maybe ma- that was just a small that observation. Was a very clever move by Mitch Album. Yeah, I mean he seems to maybe he. I don't know, maybe he's married to a Filipino or something, because he seems to know... No, he's like... Well, he did a lot of research There's, there's the a book. lot of, like, Filipino words at the end. Like, I mean, I don't know if... He seemed to he seems yeah. to have done quite a lot of research. Like, he was kind of talking about the different marriage ceremonies and uh, reception rituals, and I was thinking... This so is the Italian this phrase. Yeah, well, I, I could only translate half of talking about... The, sweet, the bitterness and the sweetness. Yeah, the, you know, the tarantella stuff. Like, like he's done research, which is, which is always what you want when yeah. you read a book. But yeah. anyway. I think Unlike certain we, other need to, we need to wrap, wrap it up. We need to wrap this up. Minutes, so, like, good thing this isn't a live show. <laughs> so much trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, what do we... So, yeah. Five people you meet in heaven. Pretty good. Good, pretty good oh, really think. good on it like you know in its own uh, vacuum but should never be you know used to build m- meaning outside of that yeah it's a great so story fantastic it's book. a great story like i said but it's like inception reality is you can't invade each other's dreams that would be weird <laughs> and a little bit scary but on its own <laughs> Why it's would great you want to <laughs> um, i don't know um so i was thinking for the next uh, for the next episode who wants to read Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad? What is that? Oh. Oh. I don't even, know, I don't even know what that is. now. But, but not Apocalypse. Not in the I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure what that is. I'll do it. You don't You don't know what Apocalypse Now is? It's part of it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you need to watch Apocalypse <laughs> Now, okay? Anyway, um, you need to watch. It's like the quintessential postmodern film. You have oh, to really? watch it. Interesting. Yes. Every other postmodern film is a homage to that one. There you go. You heard it wow. here first. Okay. Sorry, I love Apocalypse. Catholics watch Apocalypse. Lord of the Rings. Up. Apocalypse. And now Apocalypse now. now. Okay, and so Heart of Darkness. <laughs> no, not, and not supernatural. Not su- Well, um, you can watch it if you want a bit of fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's on Gutenberg, which is great. Oh it's yay! Over, it's like. You, you can pick yeah, it up it's anyway. Years, it's, a, it's, it's a HSC text. It's one of the HSC oh, texts, yeah. yeah. I better read it then. Yeah. So, Heart of Darkness. 
um, by I'd Joseph Conrad. Oh, I'm going to read. Um, I, I've been meaning to read that for a long while because there's lots of interesting politics stuff. I can yeah, racism, that kind of thing. Like, is is it is it lengthy? It's, no, I think it's 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 a it's a short novel, as Wikipedia calls it. Short <laughs> novel you, means Wikipedia. good novel. All right. So that's what we'll read next time, Heart of Darkness. I think we're going to make our way through. I found this list of, like, all these books that, like, are online. They're, like, over 100 years old and and they're not great. So we'll just make our way through that. And if you have any suggestions, though, you can interrupt us. Of course. Like, seriously, we're willing to take suggestions because otherwise we just make this up as we go. Yeah, I think there was one, uh, Jordan suggested one. Uh, another medieval text, so we might do that the, in a couple of weeks. For a change of the pace. owl or whatever it was. What, the, the owl? No, something else. My the apologies, raven. Jordan. The raven. <laughs> I do remember. The raven is just anyway. a ripoff from a medieval text called the owl. <laughs> All right, that would be very strange. So uh, next time we will do the Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. I really hope I pronounced that right. By the way, you did. Conrad. <laughs> no, no, no. Conray. <laughs> Joseph. Son. Joseph. Raj. No. All right. Okay. Conrad. Yeah, All right. Conrad, we'll see relax. you next time. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au.